0: reading of God's word if you need a Bible raise your hand does anyone need a Bible in Spanish or English we're in Philippians we're going through Philippians chapter by chapter verse by verse we're going to be in verse 27 Bibles anyone if you need a Bible raise your hand anyone need a Bible Alguien necesita una Biblia. Si no tienes una Biblia en tu casa, If you don't have a Bible, this Bible is for you as a gift, as long as you get into that thing and make it worn out within three months. It's easy to do when your heart becomes captivated by the Word of God, and I pray that that happens with you chapter 1 verse 27 says only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ So that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition which means it's proof that they are damned, that they they are under eternal condemnation. But to you of salvation and that from God. It is God who saves. For to you it has been granted, a better translation is gifted, on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here is in me. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you, Lord, you, you, we we come here for you, Lord. God, I come here for you. I come here to receive. Lord, if there's any man or woman or child in this room that's not here for you but for some other reason, just like we just heard Darren say, put their hearts back in alignment to be ready for your assignment. That's what we need, Lord. That's what we want. It's the only thing worth living for. To live is Christ, to die is game. And I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you can be seated. You may be seated. So verse 27, you can read along with me the beginning of the verse. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Setting my clock here. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So this verse must be read, keeping in mind the previous seven verses. That's why we teach here at Calvary Chapter, uh, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. You can only really understand a verse if you know what's come before it. And before this verse, we were in it last week. uh, the, the, last week, the whole message almost was about what? Verse 21, to live is Christ, to die is Gain. To live is Christ, to die is Gain. Meaning it's better. To die is better. To live is Christ, which means Calvary Chapel. Jesus Christ is in every single bit of your life. And I use that word in. You know, those prepositions, those little tiny words, so important in the Bible, so important in preaching. Jesus Christ is in every single bit of your life. Open your eyes and ears, Calvary Chapel. You'll see in here, Jesus is in everything, in anything in your life to live as Christ. And that's a wonderful life. To die is gain. Someone shouted it out while, I was, while we were shouting it out together, meaning dying is even better. God wants to get you to that place. I suspect most of you, you're not there. Well, die is gain. Come on. I want to get married. I want to have kids. I want to peek out. In my career, whatever, listen, to die is gain. To live is Christ, it's a wonderful thing if you are seeing Jesus Christ in everything, but to die, is, it's, um, it's even better. And so Paul, after he, he, he talks about this, to die is gain, When we die we'll see Jesus face to face We'll see him face to face But following these verses Preceding verse 27 Which we begin with What he says What he's going to say As we begin in verse 27 is this He's what he's saying is As spectacular as dying is Or rather back up as wonderful as living is, and as spectacular as dying is, verse 27 says, listen, only, meaning, most importantly, meaning, above all else, meaning, no matter what, no matter what you do, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Are you following me? So the preceding verses are saying, look, to live is wonderful. To die is even better. But verse 27 begins, but just listen, more than anything else, understand this and do this. Let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what is the gospel of Jesus Christ? There's some craziness out there in the church in the the United States of America about what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. Every single one of you, we just got finished with evangelism training, by the way, spring session, summer session, fall session, praise the Lord. Had four or five people get through it um, just on Friday and, gr- and graduated, and are they going to be moving on? But w- what is evangelism training at, at at Calvary Chapel in the city? Understanding what that even means. We hear that all the time. Do you know what the gospel of Jesus Christ is? If, if someone came to you and asked you, what is it, what would you say? Well, let, uh, there's a, a, a number of different ways to describe it, but I'm going to go with this one. If you could just think for a minute, and I know this may be painful. It certainly is for me. You just think of a, uh, for a minute, the worst thing that you've ever done in your life, or the worst things you've done. Just think about it. By the way, by the way, if you think I'm weirding out too much, the Lord actually does this in the word of God. Where to bring people to their senses, he encourages them to remember how bad, how low they got, how exceedingly wicked. Just look at Deuteronomy chapter 9 among other places. But think for a minute, We're talking about what the gospel is. Just the worst stuff, thing you've ever done. And now imagine being at the foot of the cross. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. You're at the foot of the cross, imagine. He's covered with blood. He's groaning He's gasping for breath. Remember, when the crucifixion, the whole body weight sort of collapses on the, on the lungs. They're gasping on the cross. Jesus Christ, he's before you. He's got zero clothes on. Cries out, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" And your mind explodes with the awarema- with the awareness that all of that is to pay. For that worst thing in your life, among other things, that you did, that sin, your sin, against a holy God, a God who is, he's worth you living a perfect life. He's worth you living a perfect life, but that's not what he got. He got that that worst thing in your life and, and so much more. Now imagine Calvary Chapel that you hear Jesus' words, John chapter 19, verse 30, it is done. And then he dies. What was done? He taking the full punishment that you earned, but was inflicted on him so that you can have an everlasting, personal, intimate, powerful, joy-filled relationship with God, which is yours simply by faith. Nothing else, nothing else you can do to do it. You can't be good enough. You, you, but you get that personal, intimate relationship with God. Free. Simply by saying, I believe it, God. Take my life. It is yours. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what it is. So when verse 27 says, let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ is that. That's what it is. It can be stated in many other ways. But listen to me. That picture on the cross, it's, it's really quite terrible <laughs> to read. I was in it this morning myself. It's in all four gospels. It's in all four gospels for a reason. So again, verse 27. Conduct yourself worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, so what does that even mean? Conduct yourself, let your conduct rather, be worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What, what does it mean? So a, a, a simpler way to say it is let, what, let your walk and your talk be worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let it reflect, let it represent well the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let what you do every day reflect the beauty and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is called the power of God unto salvation. Let your conduct, verse 27, be worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ so I hope you're asking so what is that conduct so how do I behave in such a way that it's representing well it's worthy of it's accurately representing this incredible gospel that I just shared with you what how am i supposed to behave I'm going to answer in two ways. So again, imagine, I mean, really, really, really imagine being there at the foot of the cross, Jesus Christ, gasping for breath, covered with blood, no clothes, crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's in Matthew 27. So you're thinking, you're there, you're imagining, you're, you're at the foot of the cross and, and, and you're thinking about that worst thing in your life. And it is bad. People may not even know about it. And your mind is just exploding with the awareness that your sin caused that. And at the same time, it is exploding with the awareness that your sin has been taken care of. It's been cast into the sea because of what you see and you'll never have to answer for your sin ever, at least not before God. Romans chapter 8 verse 4 says your sin was abolished. That worst thing and many other stuff that you don't think is bad but is really, really bad, it's abolished, it's destroyed at the cross. Romans chapter 8 verse 4. So imagine being there, your, your mind's exploding with the, the, the awareness that your sin caused that, but also the grace that's been taken care of, and you walk away from that place. How would you behave? How do you behave? How do you walk? How do you talk? The answer very carefully. very thankfully very joyfully and listen I need to say this Calvary Chapel many Christians I know not some many they don't have to imagine being at the foot of the cross Because by the ministry of the Holy Spirit, Jesus describes the ministry of the Holy Spirit in John chapter 14, that it is to glorify Jesus Christ. By the ministry of the Holy Spirit, I know many Christians, somehow, they were taken to the foot of the cross. They didn't see anything physically, but they were there and the Holy Spirit applying this awareness to their soul and branding on their soul. They saw Jesus Christ, again, not physically, covered with blood, gasping for breath, no close, crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it's been branded on their mind. And in their life, their walk, their talk, they conduct themselves very carefully. Very thankfully and very joyfully. Not some, many I know. And the Bible says the clear reading of the Bible, Calvary Chapel, if you want that, if you seek it, you will get it. That's a promise. Jeremiah 29.13, 1 Chronicles 28.9, Matthew 7.7, 7, I could go on. That's a promise. You got to seek heart after it. Cast aside slothful Christianity, lazy faith. There's no real such thing. If your faith is lazy. You may not have no faith. If you seek it, you can get it. But let's go back to our question: What is it that we do? How do we walk? How do you walk? In a way that's worthy of the gospel. Of Jesus Christ. So number one. It's. Whatever you do. As you sort of. Whatever you're doing. As you sort of. Leave the presence of the Lord. Where he's really made you aware. Of the cost. The sin that you caused. That cost that Jesus paid. And the awareness of the grace. Carefully, joyfully and thankfully. But. Let's talk, that's way number one. Let's talk about way number two. Now way number two is actually many things and it's the, it's the rest of verse 27. He describes what conduct is that's worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ and also the next 19 verses. Now uh, the verses that the numbers and the chapters that you see, uh, they were not there when this Letter was written, they got there in about the year 1200. And I, I respect him and been eternally grateful for the people who did it monks, almost undoubtedly. They were monks who, who put this all um, together. But I would not have chosen the beginning of chapter two. <laughs> It's kind of audacious for me to say that. I wouldn't have chosen the beginning of chapter two where it is. I would have put it right before verse 27 because the next 20 verses describe what conduct is, what behavior is that is worthy of that slaughtered, unrecognizable man Son of God on the cross dying for you. So let's read. Let's read how else that you're to behave, that I'm to behave in light of that, what happened on the cross. Verse 27 only let your gospel, rather, let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Let your walk and your talk accurately represent the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast, listen, Calvary Chapel, in one spirit with one mind striving to gather for the faith of the gospel Anyone want to just shout out what it, what it, what that is? So how do you walk in a manner worthy of the gospel? We, I just read it. What is it? Someone shout it out. Woo! What it? Mm. Let me read it again. How do you how do you behave in a way? It's worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now, that was way number one. That was good, though. Well, you took notes. No, 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 no. We're talking about this verse. It says, that's right, that's right. He goes, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and, and see you or am absent, I may hear of your fears. Now, listen, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together. It doesn't say apart. Many Christians say it's apart. Just Jesus, me, and, and my backpack and my dog. And I don't have anything to do with church. No, it says standing fast in one spirit with one mind striving not apart but together for the faith of the gospel. So now, wow, man. I mean, I just gave you the answer. What is it? Togetherness. Oneness, it, it, it means if, if, if you really understand what happened on the cross and you're aware of what happened there and what it means to, um, to you, you will get along with each other. More than that, you will love each other. You will love each other. That's what he is getting at here. Um, uh, imagine, again, uh, imagine being at the foot of the cross. Jesus Christ, covered with blood, gasping for breath, groaning, no close, crying out, my God, my God, why have you f- uh, forsaken me? You're thinking about the worst thing in your life that you've ever done and, and what it did to the Son of God. And now imagine walking away from the cross and being confronted with that person that has sinned against you. They hurt you, bad, but guess what? Now that sin against you looks awfully small compared to what you did to Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, we got issues. Because we're a hospital a sinners, not a museum of saints and that describes every church every good church a church is a is a hospital for sinners if it's a museum of, of saints run away from that church they're religious they're legalistic just run away but uh, I, I, when you have a hospital of sinners where people understand their sin we have issues listen calvary chapel there's a thousand reasons for to split up and run away from each other uh, but there's only one only one reason to get together and get along, and not only get along to love each other and have hearts that unite with one another. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God dying for you, bleeding for you, gasping for breath for you. I tell you, if you get it, that hurt that you've received from whoever is gonna look awfully small. How do we conduct, how do you conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel? You get along, especially because your Savior, he died for you, said this. This is in John chapter 13, very simple. Love one another as I have loved you. So again, loving that person who's wronged you—it's it's, it's, going to be a real small thing compared to how I have been loved by Jesus Christ. You have to remember this Calvary Chapel. When you've been wronged, when you've been betrayed, you have to remember: Am I loving this person the way that Jesus Christ has loved me? I was in full-on rebellion doing that very worst thing in my life, and he was gasping for breath, dying for me before it ever happened, and he knew that I was going to do that thing among many others. Everyone with me? Your conduct, the conduct, the behavior, your behavior that is worthy of of the Lamb of God that was slain for you. Number one, it's getting along, but getting along with love, not just tolerating. You know, I hear this from time to time. Yeah, I, I, I tell you, I I cannot stand that bumper sticker that says something like "tolerate each other," and has you know, it has the Muslim sign and the Christian sign and the Jewish sign, the New Age. Sign. There's the word "tolerate" is not in my Bible. The word love is. You love them. You love those Hamas fighters. You love them. You have to love them. The Bible says you owe no, because of how Jesus loved you. It says in Romans chapter 12, it says you don't know, now you owe no one anything except to love them. Including that Hamas fighter. Okay. So number one, the way you walk worthy of the gospel of Christ. You love others as Jesus has loved you. So let's get, let's talk about the second thing now. Verse 28. How do you walk in a way worthy of the gospel of Christ? It says, not in any way terrified by your adversaries. That is how you walk, in a way that is worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that blesses Jesus' soul, that blesses the heart of God. You're not terrified of any of your adversaries, meaning there's gonna be people who don't like what you believe, and they're going to oppose you, isolate you, in certain parts of the world they're gonna shoot at you, probably won't happen here, but you're not gonna fear them. You're you're not gonna change your behavior is a better way of saying, because you know, just because you know they think you're weird, It's because they think you're awkward and strange because of what you believe. You're going to live anyway. Of course, loving them, not living as a fool, but loving them. It says, don't be terrified by any of your adversaries. It says, Jesus addresses this. Couldn't have been clearer. Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. That means you. Do you know that means you? Do you know that means you? You are the light of the world. It's talking about you. It's where you want Jesus uh, where Jesus wants you to get. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and gives light to all who are in the house. Then it continues, let your life so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And so the world may be opposing your lifestyle, but you move on anyway. Don't be terrified of any adversaries meaning any people who oppose your life so again verse 27 let your conduct be worthy of that bloody scene on the cross number one get along with each other know love one another number two you got to You've got to wear your faith on your sleeves. You've got to be open about your faith and not be let other people's opposition of you uh, uh, scare you into a cave. And think about it. Church, Calvary Chapel. I'm sorry, but I'm going to keep on going back to this, really uncomfortable scene, the reality of the cross, with the reality of the cross, the reality of the cross, branded on your soul, Jesus covered with blood, gasping for breath, groaning no clothes, crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it says that those who passed by wagged their heads mocking him, actually it says blaspheming him, saying, (laughs) you who said you will tear down the temple and raise it in three days, save yourself. If you're the son of God, get down from the cross. That mocking was going on in the midst of that scene. And now you're gonna walk away from that and hide your faith? Listen, I I speak that to my own heart. I'm not saying I'm a perfect example of boldness and, 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 and this type of thing, but the Bible says very clearly here, let your conduct be worthy of the gospel. You have to live an unashamed life in your work, in your dorm, in your streets, on the tee, wherever you are. And now, of course it means if someone's not interested in hearing about the gospel, shut your mouth. Jesus certainly did. But if, you, if he saw one tiny little crack, he went for it, and so should you, and, sh- and so should I. Yes. And so that's the second, um, the second way that you walk and talk worthy of the gospel of Christ, not being afraid of your adversary. Verse 28 continues. Let's read it which is to them a proof of their uh, perdition. Perdition means the condition of being eternally lost. And so the Bible does have this very uncomfortable teaching from Genesis to Revelation. It says in Psalm 34, at the end of Psalm 34, those who hate the righteous will be condemned. Now there's, there's always room for repentance. Look at the Apostle Paul who's writing this letter. But, but, but it's to them a proof of the fact that they're not saved. But to you, when you're not terrified of your adversaries, when you don't change your behavior because you're ashamed, it says it's proof of your salvation. That's what it says. It's proof of your salvation. It says that. And so, and, so, uh, it, it, and it says, and that from God. It is God who saves. So verse 29, okay, this is the shocker verse for the morning. If you haven't been shocked already, if you haven't woken up already, there was a brother praying at 9.30 a.m. prayer. I invite you to join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. He was just praying that people wouldn't sleep during my message. Thank you. Uh, So thank you for praying that. Um, and, and, And... and, and because this is serious stuff, it's the word of God. You, you, you shouldn't be sleeping, although um, I'm very thankful. It, there's people here with very little sleep, and so if you sleep, believe me, I, 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 I really don't have any issue with it. You're here, praise the Lord. But try to stay awake. This one will shock you into being, uh, to, to being awake. Uh, it says in verse 29, this is the third the third way that your conduct is worthy of the gospel. It says, For to you it has been granted. Now, unfortunately, that word granted is a very poor translation. The, tra- the, the word in Greek is the word charis. What does that mean, Bible scholars? Gift. gift. It means a gift. Carrots, Dave and Sarah Kim's daughter. I love her name. Carrots, what a name! It says right there, "For to you it has been gifted." You have my permission to. You don't need my permission, but you have my permission to cross that word out and put "gifted" on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in Him, meaning it was a gift that you believe in Him, but here's the shocker, but also to suffer for Him. Oh, really? <laughs> It's been gifted on behalf of Christ for you not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Let's look at a couple translations which are closer to the original language. God has given you a special gift. You can not only believe in Christ, but also suffer. For him, another translation, CEV, Contemporary English Version: God has blessed you. Not only do you have faith in Christ. Drink this in. This is what it says. But you suffer for him. So this is way number three that you walk and talk, that you conduct your um, your life worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Being thankful for your suffering. Being joy-filled in your suffering, recognizing it's a gift from God. Some of you are thinking, that's about the craziest Bible verse I've ever read. What do you mean God has blessed me to suffer for him? Others of you are thinking this, I 100% get that, it's a blessing to suffer for the sake of Jesus Christ. I want to look at two different verses which help explain this because this is a new concept to many of you who have been saturated by a false American gospel that preaches that Christianity, coming to Christ, means the end of your suffering, a complete lie. Jesus says, if anyone would be my disciple, let him take up his cross and go to the cross with me. Doesn't mean there's not joy. It is a joy-filled life, Calvary Chapel. My life is a a testimony of that, but there's there's joy in the suffering. Go to chapter three. We'll get to this, hopefully, in the next few months. Verse seven says, but what things were gained to me, I have counted loss for Christ. Yes, indeed, I also count... All things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and counted them as rubbish, basura, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Verse 10, such an important verse, that I might know him. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. When you're in suffering, which Calvary Chapel, if you are a Christian, God has appointed to you, rather than like being on a straitjacket and just dying to get out if you would just only realize that it is a gift of God for you to have fellowship with Jesus in the suffering. I am telling you, fellowship, your relationship, your life with Jesus is no, cannot possibly get better than when you're in suffering if you don't know that. That, that's God's formula, if such, a thing is, uh, if such a word should be used, for your joy, the fellowship of his sufferings. The next verse I, I want to put up, which I didn't know whether I should do it because it's one of the hardest verses to understand in the Bible, and I'm not kidding, <laughs> it really is, but I'm like, I wanna be I, I know I know some of you want solid food, right? Who wants solid food? I mean this is solid food. I mean this is getting really solid. It's hard to understand. This same guy, Paul, is saying, I now rejoice in my prosperity. In my riches, in my big house, my fast car. In my family. No, it doesn't say that. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and here's what gets very difficult to understand, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ. Oh my, what on earth does that mean? Ah, for the sake of his body, which is the church. Dave, if you could just leave that up there. What is that talking about quickly because our time is running short? I'll tell you first what it's not talking about. When it says, I fill up in my flesh the afflictions that are lacking in the afflictions of Christ, it's not talking about what was necessary, the sufferings that were necessary on the cross to save you. That's done. All those sufferings are gone. In fact, this morning I was in Matthew 27. They offered Jesus right before he got on the cross. Sour vinegar with gall, which was like, uh, it was like something they gave to people being crucified to take away the pain. And what did he do? He rejected it. Everything, every bit of suffering that was necessary to take care of that worst thing in your life and all everything else you did was done. This is talking about something different. When it says, I fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ. What this is talking about is that Jesus said, in Jesus said in in, in Matthew, uh, rather in John chapter twelve, he says, "When I am lifted up on the earth, from the earth, I'm going to draw all men to myself." That's what didn't stop the suffering that, uh, that he experienced on the cross, the kind of suffering that drawed, draw, drew, drew, draws men to him, that doesn't stop. That continues through who? Through who? Through you. Because when people see you suffer, and there's a joy in it, in Calvary Chapel, it's possible. I promise you, by the ministry of the Holy Spirit, when you realize and there's many reasons you can have joy and suffering, but when you realize you are glorifying the name of God because you are making your God look great when you're joy-filled in suffering, what you're doing is you're continuing what Jesus started on the cross. So the third way for your conduct to be worthy of the gospel of Christ is to treat suffering as a gift. I'm not there yet. I've come a long way. Most of you are not there, probably none of you. God wants you to bring you to that place where you're glorifying God in that way. You know, I was really struck this weekend just about the American version of Christianity. It's just so gross. It's just so ugly. It is just so stunningly me focused. My depression and how Jesus is gonna take it away. My fears, my anxieties, my shortcomings, and how Jesus is gonna take care of all of them. My dreams, how Jesus is gonna fulfill them. My bank account, how he's gonna fulfill it. My family, my house, my car, my career, my vacation, my retirement, my education, my bells, and my whistles. My, 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 my. I've been called to something so much better than all of A lot of that is a blessing, but there's a blessing so much higher. I've been called to suffer. To bring glory to Jesus Christ. To draw attention to him. And to save people. My family, on the street, in my work, my dorm. So with that reality of the cross branded on your soul, Jesus covered with blood, gasping for breath, no clothes, crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The public passing by, wagging their heads. If you're the son of God, get down from the cross. You can suffer too, right? continuing on what he started for his glory right so let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ i'm going to call the worship team up at this time it's just such a the 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 beauty of a life that is produced by Jesus Christ i got to tell you just the beauty And we're gonna be in this for a while, but we've just gotten started because there's fifteen more verses describing the beauty. The beauty of loving one another. You can rise for the for the closing worship song, the beauty of loving one another, the beauty of a life that is not fearful in the face of adversary, a life in which you're actually grateful to suffer. That's a beautiful life, Calvary Chapel. Everyone suffers in the world. If God fills your bank account, he gives you a big old house, really cool car, all kinds of bells and whistles, I can tell you, I can tell you, nobody's going to come to Jesus Christ because of that oh, but look what Jesus gave me, nonsense. That's just pure nonsense. <laughs> that is commonly taught in churches, it's pure nonsense. God is glorified when you're able to do something that's impossible in the world. So Dan, can we just just start off? If you've been asked to, to pray, if you could come up at this time. If anything is stirred in your heart, if anything at all is stirred in your heart, during this message, I wanna be very clear with you, I haven't arrived at any of these. I do cry out to the Lord every day, Lord. Thank you for where you've brought me. I look forward to where you're taking me like prayer please please come up it's a very simple command in the Bible it just says pray for one another that's what we're doing right now otherwise you can worship Father in Jesus name we thank you for this time you're a glorious wonder making miracle working God and we just uh, we love you Lord and we sure do need you and I pray that we close this service out Lord It's a blessing in the way we do it, a blessing to you in Jesus' name, amen.